Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Breaks Radio. I'm one of your hosts, CEO Hayes, and I'm not even going to lie. I'm going to start this off. My energy is low as fuck today, but I'm sure it's going to pick up, especially when we get into our first topic. But I am joined by my crew. The one and only Miss Mary Almonte is here. What's going on? Yo, I thought it was me bringing the energy down, so I'm happy to hear that you were down before. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, this this is way before you, way before you. Okay, <laughs> feel better now. Yeah. And then also, we got Mr. BTG himself, Barely the Greatest here. What's up, everybody? We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We got some shit to we'll talk about. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Welcome to the Breaks Radio. So, we've been speculating for like a year of how this was going to go down, when it was going to happen, how the response was going to be. Takashi 69 released a new track, a video on YouTube. It broke the record. What is it? I think it was like over 45 million in like the first three days or something like that. I haven't checked since then. But, wow. Like, wow. We'll talk about the video itself because like there's some trolling within the video. But, hey, where were you guys at when this dropped? What did you think after seeing it? What do you think about the song overall? Mary, since he's he's from New York, I'll come to you first on this one. <laughs> so first of all, what was our, our maximum number of trash bags that we could give? Uh, I don't even because know. Because that's... <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that plus 0.5. Like, um, so honestly, how I heard of this or heard it was because... Um, so I know this battle rapper, Cortez. I think you guys are into battle rap, and you've said you know him before. Yeah. So I follow him. He actually dates one of my really close friends. And basically, he stole one of his lines. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. So basically, my Instagram you know, feed was ablaze because every... It was like people were putting Cortez on to like, yo, they, you know, he took that little like dance bachata, papa, whatever, <laughs> salsa line, cha-cha, I don't know. Um, and yeah, so that was how I like first learned that he dropped something new. And it was because he basically had ripped a line from some someone that I know, or at least it seems mad similar. Um, and yeah, it's just trash. I, but I never took Takashi seriously anyway. So it was what I expected it to be garbage. And I just don't respect, I mean, we've had this conversation before. I don't respect rats. I mean, I'm part Sicilian. There could be that, <laughs> but, but yeah. So like for me, everyone embracing him with open arms and him taking the whole, well, what would you do approach? It's just like pussy, you know, you're not respectable. Get the fuck out of here. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Baylor? That's basically, I mean, it's a clever angle that he took to say, you know, well, these guys did this to me, and why would I stay loyal to some guys that tried to get me, you know, kidnapped, murdered. Uh, they tried to kidnap and murder my moms. Um, of course, we know what went on with his, uh, with his baby mama, et cetera, et cetera, and stealing money from him. We get it. But this is the thing, though. And this this goes out to all the, the Aubrey angels. You can't get into a culture or you can't get into a certain game and change the rules. When you become part of that culture and become part of that game, you have to go by their rules. And so a lot of people, there's stitches, you know, that, you know, there's high profile 
gangsters and artists that have snitched before. That's still against the rules. <laughs> you know what I mean? Once you are a part of that gang, it's just becoming a gang member. We've always heard you, once you become a gang member, you're either looking at prison or death. That's the two options. You have to play that game. So, you know, I, I don't know what to say. You pick a clever angle, and I'm pretty sure a lot of his views came from youngsters that don't really care about the rules. The whole, so I'm, I kind of understand what he's getting at with the whole, you know, wh- why would you stay loyal to people who did that shit to you? But my, my biggest problem with the whole turn of rat thing too, it's not like he was a fucking innocent in this. The, he asked, he tried to get fucking Chief Keith, Keith killed. Like somebody, like the motherfucker is not innocent at all. Like you get, you, you give off this image of being the king of New York and shit. And it's just like, none of that's real. Like your whole facade is face is, is put together and it was fake. Um, so like that, that part of it is like, dude, just shut the fuck up. Just make the music. Like I, I would rather not hear him try to excuse what he did and just make music and just say, look, I did what I did. We're going to move past it. But like at the point of the views that he did, like it doesn't surprise me like this. And it's funny because I was in a conversation, uh, with a younger person on Twitter about this and they just kept saying, well, do you expect actors to really live out their life? And it's like, this is really how this generation looks at their artists. Like they're playing a role and they don't care about the about them having to be genuine. They don't care about them actually being the people that they portray. They really just look at these artists as playing a role in that to me explains a lot of why that people just don't care. And Takashi himself just doesn't see the issue in what he did. Yeah. But you know who else we have to point the finger at though? But it's actually our OGs though. Not that I got to call out I got to call out all the OGs in New York. I have to. Because they have a voice. And who has the biggest voice of Everybody, Jay Z can drop an album right now, bro. He can drop an album right now, and everybody's gonna stream that. Everybody. So the thing is, they allow it. Either they don't care, maybe they too old enough to care anymore, or they too busy. You know what I mean? But cats gotta come out and say something. Which well, somebody did. But I ain't gonna lie, I I appreciate Meek for what he did. But nah, everybody else gotta speak up. This is a, this goes back to us not controlling our culture. And hip hop is our culture. Until somebody step up and start defending it, they're gonna keep doing it. That's why I've always said, if Big don't pass away, if Pop don't pass away, this shit not happening. We don't get an Aubrey. I promise you that because the content is different, the respect is different. And until you start having solid cats at the top, since this shit gonna keep happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you what you said. And I mean, you touched on that's kind of the next thing we're gonna go into is the whole Meek Mill thing. Uh, so Meek came out, he spoke out about Takashi uh, being a rat and everything. And Takashi took the angle of, well, I would be mad if somebody ratted and came back and did more numbers than me too. Um, and, you know, Meek has said that he's, he's going to destroy Takashi 6ix9ine. He has to do it for the culture. Uh, and my thing is with that is that there, there's no, there's no, what are you going to do? You're going to out-rap him? We all know you can out-rap Takashi. So I don't see a benefit really in Meek trying to do a battle of, of bars with Takashi at all if that's the route he's going. Do you guys agree with that? What do you think about it? I think I would not if I were Meek, I wouldn't give Takashi the time of day. Yeah. <laughs> like he's not worth the energy, honestly. I don't know. I just think that we all need to ignore Takashi. Like that's how he would go away. <laughs> yeah. 
Why not give him more shine? We've been saying that since before he went to jail, but it's just, it's almost not going to happen at this point now. I think the culture has made him too big. People aren't going to ignore him. What do you think, Baylor? I think, uh, no, I agree. We we have to ignore him, but I think certain people have to. So don't do no records with him. I don't know how high he can stay. I don't know how high he can stay if he continue to do uh, solo albums or tracks with he would do it but just for example i'm breaking up yeah. can you hear me yeah i can hear you yeah, yeah you got better than four seconds you know what hold on oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i guess we'll keep it going mary what do you um do you do you, i know you said you, you think meek should ignore him and i and i actually agree with that but do you think that uh, Meek is gonna kind of run in. Not not saying Takashi isn't Drake, but is he gonna run into the same thing he did with Drake, where it's like almost no matter what he does, like is Takashi's fan base gonna be too big to where it's not really gonna do anything for Meek's career, career if he does decide to go to come at Takashi? Um, I definitely think Takashi does have a devoted fan base for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think that I think what Meek is doing is giving Takashi more air. You know what I mean? I'm actually disappointed. It's like, is he trying to capitalize off of this? I really would hope not. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah. I mean, first of all, at least Meek and Drake were like an even matchup in terms of skill. Mm -hmm. Takashi can't spit. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, gonna do do the little screaming shit he does like he's gonna call him him stupid like three or four times and that's it and out stupid yeah and old that's his other thing oh yeah true true that's really that that you know that crosses him i don't know i just feel like we shouldn't even be giving him (laughs) this attention either (laughs) screw him yeah it's it's fucking ridiculous like it's i don't I, i i i'd really I would like to say that I was that I'm surprised at like how big it was, but it just it really doesn't surprise me. Like I I wish I I was more surprised of by it than what I am, but you know, I mean, unfortunately, this is the world that we live in. This is the fucking world we live in. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll uh we'll move on. I guess we'll let Baylor double back when he comes back on Takashi if he has anything left to say. Um, but I do want to talk the next thing about, and I didn't even know. I don't know how long he's been doing this. This just came across like my feed, like a, like a couple of days ago. But like uh, Lil Wayne has this Young Money radio, and it was a conversation with him and Eminem that was just amazing. Then I went back, like he's had Drake on. Uh, he's had a couple other people on. Have you got a chance to listen to this yet, Mary? I have not, but I would like to now. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Me either. And it's surprising. Like, it's, you know, a lot of these artists are, are seeing the benefit in podcasting and everything like that now. So it doesn't surprise me. But if you listen to it, like, this is a Wayne that is like hearing him talk about music and breaking it down. It's like, I, I don't know if this is sober Wayne. I don't know what, like, I haven't heard Wayne talk like this in a minute. And it's like him really, like, you can see he's like thinking out thinking about what he's talking about like he's really thinking out how he wants to respond and stuff and like thinking out the content himself too like this is Wayne I think on a level we haven't really seen him very much in over his career especially the last 10 years or so and it's just like I I like seeing the side like this mature side of little Wayne I would definitely love to hear your your perspective on it when you do get a chance to listen to it because it's like it's Wayne like I've never heard him before and I follow little Wayne most of his career so I've unfortunately followed him as well, and I haven't been the biggest Wayne fan, so I'm actually kind of intrigued to to hear a new, a more mature side of him. So 
Yeah. I will report back once I <laughs> once I check it out. Cool, cool. Yeah, I just looked it up real quick. It looks like he's had three episodes so far. He's had Callan on, Drake on, Kevin Durant, Eminem, Travis Scott, and wow. Little Baby. So yeah, he's had some. So what's up with this? Like, are these are now? You think they're coming for our spot? <laughs> oh, for sure. Like, like now that podcasting, like especially once Joe Button like got his deal and everything with Spotify. Like, I'm I'm surprised this hasn't happened uh, sooner. Where we sooner. get more? Yeah, it's it's just gonna be it's gonna be more and more. Uh, that we see stuff like this, but I would definitely say listen to the conversation with him and Lil Wayne. Uh, they even talked about a rapper, R.J. Payne, who I've actually had on my podcast before, and like have said, oh, like, wow. yeah, they said like they talked about how good he is and everything. This like this is this crazy. It was just an amazing conversation to listen to, man. So is it on? How, where do I find this? Is it's it on, on YouTube? It's on YouTube. He does video. It's also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's on every major platform. Okay, yeah. bet yeah. I'll go look for it. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, the next thing that we got, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll talk about the Erica Badu and, and Jill Scott versus uh, after this. But Trina and Kia, or Kaya, however you say her name, I've never known how to say that woman's name for real. Apparently, are in like a beef, and my thing is like this is like, like you, this is like two people in a nursing home going at it at this point. Like nobody cares about these two. Yeah. But <laughs> I know they're not that old, but like Kaya had, had came out with an OnlyFans. Trina said some stuff, and Kaya said that Trina has HIV, which I've never heard that rumor before. But it's just yeah. like it's like really they they are really getting catty. What do you what do you think about two elder statesmen and uh, stateswomen in hip hop going at it like this, man? So for me, Trina will always be the baddest bitch. Um, I was a fan of hers. Uh, she was one of few female MCs that actually, you know, were doing their thing back in the heyday, the golden era of hip hop, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So like I was in high school when she came out. Um, so, and I have to say, I was still working at, um, hot 97 when she came to the station one day, uh, probably like two years ago. And I was like, so pleasantly surprised to see that she still looked great. Um, cause you know, I always have to preface this cause like aging as a woman, it's like a thing. It's very scary. <laughs> so whenever I see women who are older than me that actually still got it, I'm like, yes, there's hope, something to look forward to. Um, so anyway, with that said though, I will say that yeah, I'm in hip hop, it's kind of my guilty pleasure. And yeah, there's mad like messiness on all that shit. So it kind of doesn't surprise me that Trina is like beefing. I mean, yeah, they def like they're, they they ought to be ashamed at their age sitting here publicly fighting. But I'm not surprised. Disappointed, maybe. <laughs> so I don't know. The HIV shit is serious, though. Those are like accusations you don't just sling around. That is true. So Kaya might need to have her ass whooped for that. <laughs> but yeah. Baylor, man, we're talking about uh, Kaya and Trina uh, and their beef. We'll, we'll double back so you can give your thoughts on the things we talked about while you were gone. But what do you think about the Trina and Kaya thing? There's not much there. <laughs> That's true. There's not much there. We know Trina might watch her. Um, might? No. I don't lie. Sure. It, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that live goes. It might probably do more arguing than anything. That's for sure. Uh, so before you left, though, we were still talking about Takashi. I want to make sure you got all your thoughts out on Takashi before uh, we move into <laughs> Is there anything left he that you have to say about that? Because that's what we were talking <laughs> about. Like I'm, I'm up, I'm ahead. He's out. like, somebody's at the door. And he <laughs> <spiked> the <laughs> hey, yo, it was actually the police though. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Hell no. um, what? Yeah, <laughs> what's going it, on? It was good. It was all good. Um, no, there's no more thoughts. It's just, it, I'll, I'll be interested to see who works with him in the future. Okay. 
Yeah, for yeah, that, I mean, I hadn't thought about that angle either cuz yeah, I mean, at this point it's like people are people are going to try to stay away or are they going to try to ride the wave and gain some of this attention he's getting by actually collabing with them. So that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, one thing that we talked about while you were gone, Baylor, is uh, Lil Wayne and this Young Money Radio thing. that He has three episodes uh, on so far. I didn't know about it until the Lil Wayne thing and a little clip came on my feed and then I went and researched. Have you got a chance to listen to Young Money Radio yet? No. I don't even know where to find it. It's on It's on Apple Podcasts and YouTube, everywhere basically podcasts are. But what I was telling Mary with it is like it's Wayne in a way that I've never heard him before. Like he's actually – mature and he's talking about music in a in a way that it's like it's like how we talk about music like i've ne- i would have never expected wayne to get into podcasting and be as good as at what as what he is in the in the episodes that i've listened to so far he had a conversation with eminem with that honestly was one of the best interviews eminem has ever done and eminem is a notoriously horrible person to do interviews if he's not comfortable with you if it's not sway or somebody like that it's usually horrible but it was a really good conversation with with him that uh that wayne had Okay, I might check that out then. Yeah, yeah well, maybe we'll talk about it next week if you get to check it out. But uh, now that we're all caught up, let's get into what I, I just couldn't wait to talk. Like Erica Badu and Jill Scott versus. I, there, I've seen such cr- like wildly different opinions on this. Some people said it was boring. Some people said it was an experience uh, because I think this was one of the ones that wasn't like the music, the, just just about the music. Kind of like with Rizzo and Premier, how they like told the story of some of the songs and really got into it. We got to see that these two women not only have a love for each other, but each other's music and they're fans of each other, and that I appreciated. Um, what did you, what were your guys' opinion on the on the battle? And do you agree that it was boring, or do you think kind of more like me that it was an experience mary i'll come to you first so first of all it was needed i mean that battle happened on a day that the culture lost so much right like we lost andre harrell and fucking little richard yeah that morning um so i think we were everyone of a certain age at least let's not i don't want to say the whole i mean i think we keep saying the culture but we're not realizing the culture is so divided generationally so everyone of a certain age was definitely reeling that day and i felt like you know jill and erica bought that energy that grounding presence that kind of only they could have done like that we all needed I didn't think it was boring whatsoever, but I will say I, first of all, who is Jill Scott is in my top 10 favorite albums, any genre of all time, period. It was a very, very important album for me um, at a time in my life where, you know, that was, it definitely like stood out. It was significant for me. So I was so hyped for that, right? Like for all the joints she played off of that album. Um, and then Baduism was, you know, I was in high school. There was nothing really like it at the time. It was, you know, Erica Badu was definitely, I'm more of a Jill than an Erica kind of girl, but her energy is undeniable. And her swag is definitely, you know, like, look, she be having dudes going crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, whatever. Some people say, say will argue that she turns them weird. But whatever it is, her vibe is something that's contagious. How about that? Yeah. So I felt like, and then she had all of her kids there, like all 50, 11 of them. It was like really great. I mean, she started it by shouting out her baby daddy's plural like i don't know it was like the perfect start to mother's day (laughs) for me um and like yeah there was no winner to that as most of these verses you know are like it it, off rip it just felt like it would have been unfair to even try to keep score like it was like yo there's no and 
I learned so much new shit, right? Like I didn't even know that Jill Scott wrote You Got Me. And that's the only song that Erica Badu ever sang that she didn't write herself. Like, and I didn't even know that it was Eve that dropped the vocals for like that little girl verse in it. So I don't know. There was just, it was like education. It was like a spiritual cleansing. That's how I felt. I loved it. That was, that was deep. All right. All right, Baylor, you got, you got to follow that up, man. How'd you feel about it? I mean, it's the same thing. You had to be in a certain, I guess, in a certain mood, a certain vibe to to understand what was going on. I don't think anybody at any point, even looking at the comments, I didn't even see anybody um, keep any type of score. You know what I mean? Because after each and every track, it was more about appreciating it. And then there were even things that they didn't know about the songs at the time. Um I can see how, you know, because it started to get a little amped up. Of course, it was very, it was highly anticipated. And I think it got up to like almost 700 and some thousand, 750 some thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it started to dwindle down a little bit. And then they started to average around 500,000. Um, and I think it was, you know, because it went from verses to just, we about to just mellow this out. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I'm not sure what IG did to have them go over an hour, but I didn't mm-hmm. see IG cut off at all. Yeah. And they were just talking and mixing and mingling. And that's what it was. I didn't watch it to the very end because I didn't know when they was going to stop. <laughs> like Seriously. Yeah. It was when they started, it was bright as day. <laughs> By the time I logged off, like, you know, it was a couple of stars out there and I'm like, they really, they're really going right now. Yeah. So, I mean, the best was, at, at one point, Jill was like, uh, how long have we been doing this for? And, and Erica was really like, time does not ma- does not exist. Like <laughs> for me, there's no such thing as time. It was like, yo, <laughs> she's right though. Yeah, <laughs> she's, at at that point, I figured that, cause when she said that, I'm like, yo, they should have been cut off by now and restarted up. But mm-hmm. No, it didn't. So, you know, I was good with it. Like I said, I didn't watch the whole entire thing, but I watched most of it. And it was, you know, I was high. So it felt good <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it, it definitely gets heightened if you were in that state of mind. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, this is this Versus series has been one of the best things to come out of quarantine, right? Because we probably would have never yeah. got this if it wasn't for it. And it just keeps giving. And, you know, the next thing that we're going to talk about is the next one up. Nelly versus Ludacris uh, is going to be the next Versus battle. And I really just think they couldn't find anybody better for Luda than Nelly. Like, and I lived in St. Louis for a long time. And I probably heard more Nelly than anybody else. But Nelly doesn't nearly have the catalog of Ludacris, in my opinion. This is like, yeah, this is, this, this just it's not going to last long. Yeah. Yeah. It's not gonna last long. I don't have high hopes for this one at all, Mary. What what about you? Mean Baylor seemed down on it. How do you feel about it? I actually think it's a pretty era wise, I think it's a pretty even matchup. If you're looking at like the early two thousands, both of them were kind of running shit for a minute, respectively. I think didn't they debut within like a year of each other? I feel like I was in the club bumping to their shit at the same time. Like, so I don't know. But I look at Nelly as a person that, you know, Country Grammar was a great album. Mm-hmm. After after Country Grammar, it's a crapshoot after that. The same, yeah. and, you, and, I, and he can't count that St. Lunatics album either. Really? Because uh, I was going to say, but St. Lunatics. Yeah, but yeah. that's, I mean, you know, so that means. I liked him. So that, so that, 
So that means that means Ludacris uh, library is even larger because he can uh, he can bring in uh, disturbing the peace. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he has albums alone. Uh, uh, of course, his debut album, Word of Mouth, Chicken and Beer, The Red Light District. Like he has too many songs. He t- too yeah. many, too many. Their debut albums debuted three months between each other. Nelly first, and then Ludacris. Nelly was in October. I mean, Nelly was in July, and Ludacris debuted mm-hmm. in October that same year. So yeah, they, I mean, error wise, yeah, it makes sense. But I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I can honestly say, other than a few. I don't think I've ever gone back and listened to Nelly music intentionally. Like maybe it popped up on a playlist, but I go back and listen. I go back and listen to back for the first time, chicken and beer in the red light district all the time. Yeah. Nelly, Nellyville is a good album. Yeah. Nellyville is cool. I don't know if it's good. It's cool though. Nah, I mean, (laughs) if you, if you add up country grammar and Nellyville tracks, you can throw that sweat, uh, sweatsuit shit out the window. Um, it's still not going to add up to Ludacris album. Uh, not not at all but i think it well i think what will be entertaining about this battle no matter like what how the music stacks up is them uh interacting between the music i think that's going to be price of admission right there alone um because they're both very animated they've both been around for a long time um and we we all know luda knows how to entertain so it's it's, i think that part is going to be entertaining as hell also so no, they're two characters for sure. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm just wondering, and now I'm thinking out loud, but I'm wondering if once quarantine and you know is over and coronavirus is no longer a threat and we're back to go attending concerts, are they gonna like make a versus tour and just bring Ooh. everybody who did the lives? See, somebody needs and, needs to pay you for that idea because that now now that needs to happen. I know. Yeah. Well, maybe I need to edit this out (laughs) (laughs) and then pitch it. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. Uh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. But because what jogged my mind to go there was when you said it's worth the price of admission, Mm -hmm. and then I'm like, I would actually pay to see these things. Like, so then that's where that went. Uh, yeah, I mean yeah. Th- that is a great a great idea to go with it is is having this live and like them actually perform the music maybe uh, go back and forth on tracks that'll be entertaining as hell and like mm-hmm. for our generation that may get people back out there that'll be a great way to introduce people to coming back out the house for real mm-hmm. yep yeah but that's it we're gonna go ahead we're gonna get into our first break when we come back we don't have much new music to talk about we only have one track and we'll come right back after this this is Ms. 100 and this is Lady T and we are the The Hood Hood Geniuses Geniuses Podcast Podcast. every Monday we are releasing an episode so make sure y'all stay tuned and you can follow us on Twitter at Hood Geniuses Pod on Facebook Hood Geniuses Podcast and on IG Hood Geniuses Pod and make sure y'all subscribe to our YouTube page so y'all can see us live and in the flesh. Yeah, and uh, we don't need Lady T to knuck and buck for y'all to start <laughs> listening to us. You know what I'm saying? So don't make Lady T knuck and buck. Hey, listen, I mean, eventually, you know what I'm saying, Lady T is getting up in age, so it may be, I may be in my wheelchair on my cane, I don't know. But I will get to you. <laughs> yeah, so make sure y'all do that. Hit that subscribe button, follow, and y'all can email us at hoodgeniuses pod at gmail.com thank you all right so i'm i've been everyone knows i'm a huge slaughterhouse fan so that's that's why this made the list i'm not even gonna lie but that's what happens when 
you know, I'm allowed to get, pick some topics. Uh, so <laughs> Joel Ortiz and, and Crooked Eye, because I refuse to call him King Crooked, uh, have come out with a new track called, titled Hard. They're actually going to be dropping a new album. Is it this Friday or next? I can't remember. Uh, titled Hard as well. Did you guys get to listen to this track at all? Yeah, I listened to it. So this is y'all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Bay, I guess this is me and you, man. What do you think about this track? That track was hard. Whoever made that beat. That shit was hard. Heat Makers I made like the, the song. Oh, they, they did? Heat Makers made the beat, yeah. Okay. All right. That track was hard. If 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 it's any indication that the rest of that album sounds similar to that, I'm with it. Yeah, I mean, I I think we're past the point of them trying to do anything for any type of commercial success. People listen to them for the lyricist, lyricism, and that's what the, this was. This was bars. Like, that's all I can say. Mm-hmm. It was bars after bars after bars. Like, if that's what this album's going to be, kind of like what uh, Eighth Wonder gave us last year with his with his short tr- his uh, damn what were the what were the fucking names of those albums? I can't even remember it uh, <laughs> off the top of my head right now. But it was just good bars, and and I and I appreciate it for that. I think. I'm glad to see that they're still working together. I know Crooked Eye said at one point he was going to be retiring, so I'm glad that that didn't happen. But, I mean, I, I think this is for fans of them and fans of of Slaughterhouse, but it's not going to – of course, it's not going to be anything huge. Right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's new music. Yeah, we need more new music. Mary, what's been your favorite uh, album or anything to drop during quarantine? Um, I'd say the Black Girl Magic that occurred – a few days ago with yeah. Beyonce, Nikki, Doja, and uh, Meg yeah. all being in the Billboard uh, top charts. So I'd say both of those tracks were had me excited. Yeah, that, that's probably that's probably definitely one of the biggest ones. I'm, I'm really surprised we haven't got more. Like most of what we got, like the baby's album, Trash. Yeah, um, that was trash. That was trash. Your future's dropping Friday. Okay. Not that I'm a future fan, but... What I've, what, I, know. what I've come to find, like, with future albums, for me, there's always, like, two tracks that I absolutely love on every future album. And then the rest is just, like, throw away to me. My daughter would probably well, like it more than me. <laughs> I feel like if I, was still, if I was still younger and still getting high, I'd appreciate Future's music more than what I do. Possible. <laughs> I just find him to be such a jerk, so it's hard for me to look past that and appreciate any of the music. That is true. Did you see him on Twitter shouting out all of his baby mamas on Mother's Day? It was like, oh boy, just go sit down. <laughs> like, yeah. he could have just sent them a text or some shit. Like, you really, like, yeah, it was pathetic. That's funny. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna that was a quick segment. We're gonna get into our last break. Come back. We're gonna talk about the last dance. Yo, this your boy Flaw Seven Hundred. What's good, everybody? It's your guy Fresco, and we are the, the podcast, podcast brothers. Dig? Yeah. Hey, what is our show about? Actually, our show is about a little bit of everything, man. It's not just one thing, but it's a little bit of this. Right. It's a like a little oh. bit of that. Oh my goodness, no. You like that song? No, not from you. What song is that? I don't know. It don't matter. It It doesn't matter what song that is. Well, that's what our show is about. It's about two brothers kicking the shit. Real life brothers. Real life brothers. Obviously not by choice. And if you know how brothers get down, you know how we give it up. We don't agree on nothing. And that's what it's like on a podcast show. It makes for a healthy debate. makes for good dialogue. And it keeps the the listener interested as well because it's real brotherly shit. Episodes drop every Sunday. Every Sunday, every platform, you can get a podcast that the podcast brothers is dead. You dig? Chill. All right. I got my bulls attire on, so I'm ready to talk about this. Mary, I'm going to actually kick this one to you first because me and Barely got to touch on it a little bit last week uh, while you were out. 
What have you thought about the Last Dance documentary uh, so far? We've got the last two episodes coming up this week. It is, and I mean, I see what you're doing there with your, your bull shirt on. <laughs> um, it is the one of the best sports, not even just sports, documentaries that I've seen. I feel like it's so well put together. I love how they're, you know, most documentaries, they they kind of like gloss over the, the not so glamorous or the controversial parts. Mm-hmm. And they're tackling all that shit head on for him. Yeah. Um, I loved how they were really like going in on the gambling. Um, I love how they really get involved with him and his teammates. Like, you know, the Rodman relationship, the Pippin relationship. Like, um, I just, it's amazing. I'm really sad that it's ending because it's one of the few things I've had to look forward to <laughs> during yeah. quarantine, honestly. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, me and brother had talked about last week. I had mentioned because, like, I've lifelong Bulls fans. My dad's from Chicago, so like, I like a lot of the stories of him like punching and not being the best teammate always. And I said, like, I wish they would get more into it. Well, they they shut <laughs> me the fuck up this week. Like, they got it to him, them him bullying the rookie, him punching Steve Kerr, and I, I do Kerr, like the fact yeah. that they are really getting into it and not they're they're they're, of course he's he's like the hero but they're still showing different sides of michael jordan that we didn't always get to see we didn't have social media back then like maybe some of this would have came out if we had social media so like this is a lot of people for the world's uh first view of seeing some of this stuff and behind the scenes with jordan so i love that they're doing it from that aspect i would my biggest problem here is i don't like the way scotty's being portrayed like they they went hard on the him not going into that game thing they talked about like him him holding out on the surgery in his contract but I, I really would like to see more duality for him too because yeah he did those things and they were negative but this was an opportunity for all the people who like shit on Scotty and say well he played with Jordan he was not one of the greatest like they didn't even talk about the fact that the year Jordan was out this dude was an MVP candidate like he lifted he mm-hmm. kept that team in, in, into uh, consideration for like being damn near a championship level team and I just wish we got more positive stuff about Scotty I feel like he has really been painted in in the majority of a bad light so far but uh, Baylor I opened it up to you do you agree with me disagree with me what do you think about that no i agree but you got to remember mj is a part of this uh doc and so he signs off on everything he don't care what the one thing that we did realize is that the relationships that we thought they had they didn't have it you know just like we thought who we thought michael jordan was mm-hmm. who um nike gatorade mcdonald's etc uh space jam the picture that they painted of mj when we were kids, we thought that was a man. But come to find out, this is a guy who just wants his cigar, his dark liquor, and, and either gamble or go play golf, just like a regular human being. Mm-hmm. And so when you get the when you get the uh the human side of your hero, uh it could shatter a lot of things for you. And they and they're doing the same thing with Scotty, but they're just pointing out and I think the Bulls have had a negative thing towards Scotty for a while. Mm-hmm. Um and then as you can see, the relationship between him and Jordan wasn't wasn't so brotherly. And I yeah, as petty as 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 Jordan is, like I don't think it stops when it comes to his former teammates. I think he respected Dennis Rodman a little bit more because regardless of what Dennis did uh, off the court, he gave it 110 percent on the court. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The same the same thing with Kerr when he got into that little scuffle. 
Kurt socked him in the chest, he socked him in the eye. Yeah. He could respect that because he didn't back down. Scotty mm. on four occasions has has questionable moves Character. and decisions. <laughs> and I have a whole I did a whole show on it. Um and and I had I gotta hold Scotty accountable for two of them. You know, the migraine, uh, I can't really knock him because Percy Harvin was a person who took medication and medical medication, uh, THC <laughs> for yeah. his migraines. And he had to play high almost every game, mm-hmm. but that was for his migraines. Scotty was getting his ass beat by Detroit. Yeah. Okay. We know this. this is, this is written in a book. Um, and that was questionable. Sitting out the game, he didn't have a close relationship with Kukos. But as a matter of fact, when Kukos took that shot, he was a rookie. So, and this was a guy who was supposed to take your replace position him, yeah. and replace him. So, yeah, you are giving this guy my time to shine, and I don't already like him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? MJ is not here. This is my team. Phil took that away from him, but at the same time, that just shows how I wouldn't necessarily say selfish. He just wasn't. He wasn't thinking logically on what was going on at the moment uh, because um, Kukoc had already knocked down some game winners that season, you know? Um, And I think if Kukoc would have missed that shot, Scotty's reputation and his career would have took a hit more than him actually making that shot because you are the leader and – you know, MJ had to sacrifice twice in his career two important shots, the one to Paxson and the one to Kerr. And he had to sacrifice giving up that rock, but he did it. You know what I mean? And we're talking about the greatest player, you know, that has ever played the game. So, no, nah, I can't I can't really I can't really side with Scotty on this. And Scotty is one of my favorite players, if not second or third best player uh in my top five, but that was, and I hate to call a man and that was some real bitch shit. It was, no, it was not. And I would never defend that part of it because it is. Um, and you know, for Scotty to be in, in quote unquote, Jordan's shadow for so long, I, I, I that's just the mainstream opinion. Cause I don't think he was necessarily in Jordan's shadow because Jordan didn't win without him. He didn't win the championship without Jordan. Right. But for you to finally have the chance where it is your team, like you got to put all that, you know. I'm not getting paid what I what I'm supposed to get paid because he wasn't. But you got to put that to the side and prove that 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 was your opportunity to prove I'm just as good. Uh, this is my team now, and he didn't do it. And you know, I, with the first what the second episode was all about, like his contract and him not extending it or not getting it renegotiated and why he signed it. And honestly, after that, if I was the owner, you're not getting a new contract from me, bro. You're not getting a new contract with me. Well, this is the thing. This is where I disagree is because Krause is an evil genius, but he has an ego. Mm -hmm. You don't break up or help break up a franchise that could possibly win eight championships, possibly win eight championships. And for you to be selfish in your way, MJ was selfish in his way, but MJ was more selfish about winning, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Scotty was selfish about having his own, which was right for him because they knew they did him dirty with that contract. Poor Southern kid. I feel you on that one. You can hold a grudge towards that, but you don't push your second favorite player that you went to go find, by the way. You don't push him out the door think, and then push the coach away and then force Michael Jordan to to leave. 
You know what I mean? Like it's on you to keep that that crowd together. So what do you do? You go reno- renegotiate Scotty's contract. What do you do? Whatever the hell Michael Jordan says, and that's why I say Michael Jordan had. I blame Michael Jordan for Scotty contract as well because at the time you don't have two people in this world call you Jesus, and you don't have any say so when it comes to the roster or anything else because mm-hmm. you are the Bulls. So anything, if you my man, if you my right-hand man, I'm making sure I go to bat for you. That's all I'm saying. But as a grown man, Scotty got to figure that out as well. But at the same time, like, no, Scotty pushing the surgery back, that was a that was an ego move because, yo, you, y'all disrespecting me. He didn't get paid until he went to Houston and Portland. But who gave him that deal, though? The Reinsdorf gave him that deal. The Bulls extended him, oh, then traded him. So they, right, but yeah. they was talk, but they they talked about trading him prior to all of true, that. True, true. No, no, the, no. The second the second half the second half of his career, they was talking about getting rid of him. Yeah. And replacing him with the guy who took this shot from him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean I I agree and I think like looking back at this documentary, I think maybe once Jordan left, that's when they started thinking, all right, we, we may need to reboot this. And then when Jordan came back, it was like, all right, this will hold us off for a little while, but we're still going to reboot this team. And, you know, Kukoc was drafted to replace Pippen. But the fact of the matter is, he look, look at look at the, how the career shook down the rest of their career. Pippen has always been a better player than Kukoc. Um, I just, man, and that's one thing. The Bulls are my favorite franchise in all the sports. But one thing that remain they do, they do their players dirty towards the end. Every single one of them, bro. Every single one yep. of them. Uh, like, you can look at it through the history, like, Paxson is probably the one they've done the best by just because they made him like he, he came into the front office. But the whole way that franchise broke down, uh, Joe Kim Noah, Derrick Rose, Luau Dang, like they damn near killed Luau Dang. That's why I'm glad like and this is off the last dance is just in the sports now. That's why I'm glad they've c- completely gotten rid of that whole front office because it was time for a change there. But it's just funny how things stay the same because looking at what they went through now, that's how this team's breaking down every single time. So it's, it's not surprising, man, but that's just, it's, 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 it's great to have an uh, inside look. And they've already talked about, there's apparently going to be one next year about Charles Barkley that they've, that they've dusted off and the same people are doing. So I'm really interested for that one too. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, think, yeah. yeah so. I mean, the little, the little bit they got into it in the last dance with, <laughs> with some of the rivalry with Barkley was kind of interesting. And, and I wasn't aware of it as a kid. I mean, you know, I was a kid when Jordan was during those years that they're covering. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's really been interesting for me. And my favorite player as a kid was Dennis Rodman just oh, because wow. he was fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of interesting seeing a little bit of that backstory too. Like I would love for them. I would love for him to get his own documentary for real. Like, and I know that there have been many ones before, but like something to this scale, like, I don't know. Have you seen I his, think. um, 60 for 60 or 30, however, 30, 30 for 30. 30, for 30. Yeah. 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 Have you seen yeah, that? that's I about saw that. yeah. That's probably the most that. the most in depth they gotten with him. But yeah, I'd love to see like an actual document because he he's he was on champion like the Spurs, the Pistons. Like he's had a great he had a great career. So I'd love to see that. Yeah, and I just feel like he was politically incorrect at a time when you know I mean kind of like what Baylor was saying before, right? Like you know back in those days you didn't really get to like everyone was very politically correct and if you weren't you were censored (laughs) you know what i mean like the media kind of allowed michael jordan to become like the god that he was in everyone's eyes 
because he played by the rules back then. Yeah. Like he didn't say, he didn't speak out and get in, he didn't get into politics. He didn't speak about any of the civil injustices that were happening at that time. I know a lot of people hold it against him, honestly. Um, but you know, like, I think it was episode three or whatever, four, when they got into like the story of how the sneakers came about mm. and he was like, well, Republicans are buying sneakers too. So I'm just gonna, you know, acquiesce to everyone. Yeah. Um, and like what I loved about Dennis Rodman was that he did kind of push that envelope and would say like, fuck off or <laughs> like not be like so politically correct when it came to the, the media. So again, we always have this conversation, but yo, if social media was around back then for that whole team, I'd only imagine what, <laughs> what quite, kind of tweets we would have been seeing. From, <laughs> oh man. From that would... Man, I, yeah. I, I often like randomly think about like, what athletes I would have loved to have, like to transport and have them have Twitter in their heyday. And Rodman's always up there. Deion yeah. Sanders is up there as well. Yeah. Like I would love if, if those guys had like social media back then. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, head, we're heading into the last two episodes of the last dance. We'll probably talk about them again next week. Just to talk about how the documentary all wraps up. But I think the consensus from the breaks radio is we need more shit like this. Like even without quarantine, we need more shit like this. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's it for this week, man. If you guys have any parting words, you know, this is your time. If you got anything on your heart to mind to give, if not, go ahead and give them your social media and we'll get the hell up out of here. I'm at Miss Mary Almonte on all social platforms. <laughs> Hit me up because I'm home. <laughs> um, at Bailey the Great on all social media platforms. Uh, BTG for president. Open run with BTG. And everybody uh, continue to stay in the house until we figure this shit out. Yeah, for sure, man. Stay home, stay healthy, stay safe. Um, but... I got no part in words. I, I really don't I think we laid it all out on the table uh, this week. We'll probably be re- reviewing Future's album if that comes out uh, this Friday. We'll review that next week. But that's it. You guys can follow me at CEO Hayes, at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow us collectively at The Breaks Radio. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. TheBreaksRadio at gmail.com. We are the number one podcast for the culture. We met each other on a magazine cover It's like God told us we had to be brothers in this rap music Never fucking with beat makers, just a Beat makers We make it All hell the king, I'm back This time around I'm coming to get it all Bigger in the hood than fitting all Yeah, I'm killing y'all Porsche with the ceiling off Pink blacker than the skin in Senegal I'm night crawling like Jake Gyllenhaal All independent though But you can't tell by the way I'm spending though Out here talking slick as the kitchen flow Y'all rock aluminum cans, your jury's Michelob Mine got them green with envy, these niggas pick a low, pick a flow I smack a rapper with a lyric that'll hit him harder than that nigga Riddick bow The GOAT go and let critics know Crooked came up on food stamps, he knew he'd be a champ Now the Louis V is stamped on my boot clamp Bitches know, they wave when I smash past Try to flag me down like the Star Spangle at half mass My money was young, I didn't have cash Now I'm like the comedian headlining I knew I'd get the last laugh, really though I am way too